everybody, and welcome to the Ozone, live from Koreatown. It is the Brothers Millers, and we're here to talk to you, really, we're here to talk to each other about sports and what happened this week, and man, oh man, do we got a lot to cover. Man, there's a lot of stuff that went down. You all right over there, brother? You missed a kiss tearing you up? You choking up about it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. You can find me on Instagram, at Omar Benson Miller, or at Omar Miller on Twitter. Where can the people find you, T? Oh, a lot of pressure here. At Icons <laughs> on Instagram ah, or Twitter. With a Z. With a Z. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to cover. We're going to get right into it and get busy. Wow. Did you see what happened in London this weekend? Of course I saw it, man. Uh, they changed the, the, the freeway signs. No, nope. that's not what happened. No, that's not what happened, bro. What happened was a royal rumble of epic proportions amongst <laughs> gentlemen of a large variety. There was the a heavyweight, heavyweight bout out there, the Dumb. glamour division of boxing. Big boy. And man, did you see some thumping going on? Man. We want to talk about that fight. We want to talk about the NFL draft. We want to talk about the Clippers. What happened to the Clippers, folks? I had season tickets, I gave them up. For this reason, I want to talk about the uh, Major League Baseball and this rash of injuries that seems to be going on out in New York. Trying to figure that out as well. Right. But as of now, we want to get it on and get started talking about the Anthony Joshua Vladimir Klitschko fight. The uppercut felt and heard around the world. <laughs> it might have been heard in galaxy I far, think I far got away. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Rock 'em, sock 'em with the uppercut. Serious bobblehead work going on there. Oh, my I God. I hate to see the champ going out like that. Oh, this. man, it hurt my feelings. But he's, a champ. Him, but he's nobody, a champ. Nobody lost in that fight. Nobody lost. Even though everything happened that was supposed to happen. That, basically. That, you, you gave an excellent analysis of the fight before the fight, yeah. and it played out. Now, I lost a couple dollars on the fight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you went that way. I, I went why, that way. Why you didn't, why you didn't listen? Uh, because I had a feeling the champ still had some left in his tank, every, and he did. He did. And he did. Know. And he, he did. messed up. All right, let's 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 give a recap. I'm pretty sure everybody listened to this, watched the fight to some degree, but we'll go over the quick thing, and then I just want to get into the, the what's happening inside of the blow-by-blow blow over there. First four rounds, everybody's kind of cagey, feeling each other out. A lot of boxing, a lot of feints, a lot of you know jabs. Although Joshua established a jab. I don't, and I don't feel like they were filling each other out. I felt like Joshua came out in, in, in the first round and threw a couple of combinations. They weren't throwing combinations, though. That they was were the not throwing combinations. Just popping a jab and trying to hit you with a couple of haymakers. And, you know, you could see the rust on Dr. K at the beginning. Like he was, you know but, what I mean? No, I don't agree because— I thought, it was, I thought there was no. some ring rust. And I felt one of the things that really hurt him was that he came out dancing. Okay, that would have been great for the younger fighter, but not for the older fighter. The older fighter needed to conserve his energy, and he did not. What he did was come out dancing, which I love to see. Man, he was on his the toes. He was big on his toes. On his toes. Look, yeah. look light on his toes. Little but, Fred Astaire on yeah. him. But the problem is that that catches up with you in the ladder. But see, I don't think that's what caught up to him. I thought what caught up to him was a devastating uppercut by, <laughs> the, by, the, by the most fit man known to mankind. But let's just talk about Anthony Joshua's physique for a second. Stud. This dude looked like a statue. This guy was in shape like I can't even explain. So who are you going with, him or Cam Newton? I'm, I got to go with Anthony Joshua. Really? I'm a victim of the moment. Him or LeBron? I'm going with Anthony Joshua. Wow. You... 6'7", 250, and because he's got the bulk and he's light. Well, he, came in, he came in the ring I was gonna looking say, he, enormous. He was like I had to be at least 270. He was 270 when he came in that ring. Listen, I hang out with one of the most fit people on the planet, Mr. Dwayne Johnson. 
And he, I feel like with the way he came in the ring, he would have made Dwayne have to, to hit the gym immediately because Dwayne is competitive like that. <laughs> <laughs> he had to get it he in. He had to go get his in real get quick and scroll up. Try to teach you a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm man, I just, I couldn't believe the guys, the conditioning, and it serviced him well. Once again, we saw a situation where the extra weight helped this guy because I believe that in the fifth round, he came out and it was, I you know, I couldn't really hear the where I was watching. I couldn't really hear the fight. But it seemed like his corner told him, hey, man, stop messing around and go get this old man. And he came out in the fifth round ferocious. And that's after Klitschko started the third and the fourth round with stiff one-twos. Like as soon as the bell rang, he came out and said, hey, wake up, kid. But you, but you noticed that Joshua made the adjustments because what he did do is that he knew that Klitschko had came out those previous two rounds like that. So what he did was that I'm going to answer him this round. I'm going to come out and drop some bombs. I'm coming out aggressive. And boy, oh boy, and Klitschko was like, out wow, I, he, he was came out aggressive. It was an onslaught. <laughs> there was nothing he could do. It looked like he was going to get killed. Took the big man down. This is, this is the first time I've ever seen. Now, with Tyson Fury, there looked like there was something wrong with Vladimir Klitschko, like maybe on a personal level or something. He didn't seem like mentally he well, was there for the fight. Woman problems or something. Something. Hey, woman. He seemed like he, he, wasn't, he wasn't all focused. He was focused on this fight. And even in the post-game interviews, the post-fight interviews, I just, I man, there's Which so much great. I want to cover with yeah. this. He in the post fight, he even said they asked him afterwards. They were like in the presser. They were like, "So did you have an off night?" He said, "No, I didn't have an off night." He goes, that, "The best guy won tonight." He said, "I had a great day." He goes, "I was in great shape. I felt great." He looked great. He looked great. He was in crazy shape. Yeah, he was in crazy shape. I can honestly say he was just about, if not, <laughs> they were almost identical. Yeah. It's just that Joshua had youth and more bulk. Right. And whatever natural growth hormone and testosterone you have when you're 27 versus when you're 41, yeah. that was the difference in, you know what I mean? Right. In that, in that size. But so he came out with that onslaught in the fifth, and I felt like Klitschko did something that far too many fighters don't do. He got rocked, and then he almost willingly went down to compose himself. Right. And if he would have stayed on his feet, he would have been out on his feet in the fifth. And he got he he got rocked. He held, and then he was like, "Oh shoot, he's down." Joshua it goes into an, an, a, a celebration because he thinks the fight is over. And this is when this became the best heavyweight fight of the last twenty years. Yeah, is because Vladimir Klitschko got up and showed you the heart of a champion. Of a champion. This dude got up and chunked him. I wouldn't have been surprised if they didn't score that a 10-9 round. Well, one of the refs did score the 10-9 round. He came back and almost knocked and you him have out. To, and you have to give it to him. It was a 10-9. I haven't seen anything like that since Holyfield both. I agree. Yeah, when Holyfield got got dropped and he got he got, got up and really went at it with Red. It's giving me chills. Even yeah. it's giving me chills. Even <laughs> that, that, unbelievable work. And it was unbelievable, just like what the champ did the other on Saturday night. Unbelievable. That was unbelievable. I mean, he popped. I mean, it's up. not unbelievable though because that's why he's been, he's been the champ for a long time too. You and you know, we disrespect him as the champ. I feel like it because he doesn't get his just his, him his, and his brother. Yeah, him and his brother. They were great champs. I think They're once bro- again, this is another example of some reverse racism. Yeah, I I completely agree. These fellas don't get the respect that they deserve because they're white. Yeah, I, I really believe. And that. I feel like they could fought in any era, especially his brother. Yeah, especially his brother. I mean, it, I don't think Vladimir takes a punch as well as Vitali does, but honestly. He took some punches on Saturday night that I couldn't believe he was. His neck was still attached. Right. This kid is dropping. This kid looked like, honest to God, he looked like he hits as hard as say a George Foreman type. He doesn't look I, like I, I, nobody not, hits as hard as George Foreman himself, what about Ernie except, except for <laughs> Ernie except Shavers. for Ernie Shavers and Joe Lewis. Right. 
But he looks like he has that kind of potential to have that sort of leverage on his punches because you see when he lands, this kid lands. It's lights out. I mean, it's a big deal. But that's why he's walking through people right now. But he's going to, you know, have to get his skills polished a little bit more. But his skills are extraordinary. <laughs> Your Shout skills out. are extraordinary. <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Bruce Lee. And the Enter the Dragon. And Enter the Dragon. Makes yeah. me always maybe want to go to Hong Kong, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that movie. Oh, no, right. Um, yeah, so, so, but then this is where I think things went right and left for Klitschko. Because in the sixth round, I mean, he hit him like a Mack truck with that one-two. I, I do boxing training, and so much of it is technical on trying to get leverage and so on and so forth. You know what, though? I'm, I'm going to go back on that because his punch, he dove into that punch. He, didn't, he wasn't off of his back foot. He was literally like no, almost he's leaning off. Because, yeah, almost and, off. This is, and this is because Joshua had that length on him. He had a hard time measuring Joshua. And it looked like he fell for a feint, maybe. I don't remember exactly. Joshua? That. Yeah, Joshua. No, you know what? I, I mean, and it he, was beautiful. And he landed with that right, and Joshua, he snapped He didn't leave with the right. He didn't he, leave with the right. It was a one-two. Oh, he snapped his neck, and, he he, snapped his, and, and then and he Joshua, found out that his power bill hadn't been paid. And he got this. Like, Damn, disconnected. I got disconnected. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought I paid. I paid. I, no, you know what? I got an extension. I, got, I didn't pay. I, I didn't even pay. <laughs> got an extension. Maybe they'll let me pay later this month. But then he showed the heart of a champion and because he didn't jump up. And, then, and and he stayed down. I didn't think he was getting up. Oh, really? And then he no, got he up, up. And then, you know what? He was in trouble. And this is where Vladimir Klitschko messed up. And this is where, after we spoke that night, I want you to make that point that you made. Because the old Klitschko, which is the young Klitschko, uh-huh. with Emmanuel Stewart there in this corner, gets him out of there right then. He Finish was ready to go. Finish him off. <laughs> Get that boy out of here. Get him out of here. I right hand, upper hand, upper cut. Left, left hand, over left, hand. Left hand cross. Get him. <laughs> and and he couldn't close him out. He couldn't close. But the you show. know what? He had expended a lot of energy, and this is the problem with being a little bit older because he wanted to execute, but he couldn't. After that, what the sixth round? I know that everybody was dealing with their hearts, saying that they wanted this guy to be able to beat this kid. Oh no, he was ready to go. But he was ready to go. For the next two rounds, he was ready to go. Two rounds. The next two rounds, he was ready to go. And then he let him. And then he let that twenty-seven-year-old come back. And you could see it in his eyes. You and Joshua, see it. Joshua's eyes. Joshua was like, "Okay." And he started talking to him like, "Nuh-uh, you're not taking my belts. Let's go, let's go." And they started going. Oh my at god, it. they start going. At but, but I'm so but, pumped up but, about this fight. Klitschko put on a clinic. He put it on in a, a clinic in the middle round. Between, he put on a clinic between after he got knocked down. It's like it shook. You see it in boxing so often. When the great fighters get hit, they wake up and they're like, "Wait a minute! I came here to fight. I love this. This felt great." After the fight, you listen to both of these guys talk, especially Vladimir Klitschko, and he's like. It, I loved it. It was a great fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy almost took off your neck. He almost killed him. And he was like, I loved it. It was a great fight. With a lot of respect and love to Joshua. He loves, l- these guys love to fight. But this is what makes great champions because if you don't like the fight, if you don't love run. the fight. You have to love the fight. You have to love the fight to be like the best. Now everybody's reflecting on Floyd's past uh, you know, fights and saying, well, you know what? We didn't really get this out of him. Didn't get this. <laughs> you and, never got this. Yeah, you never got and, and And you know what's great about this fight as well is that we watched two great boxers get off the mat. Get off. This is what being a champ is about. And this is what it's all about. I got knocked down, not because I never got knocked down before, no. but what happens when you get knocked down and get back up? Do Let's you see have you. the heart to get Do up? Do you have the get up? Because that's about the heart. That's that Rocky Balboa. <laughs> that, that Rocky Balboa. So, so he gets up, puts on a clinic for seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and then you could see the tide turn again. Joshua started to throw combinations. Start popping a jab again. That damn jab. 
Damn you, jab. He's the root of all evil. Man. In the, rain. <laughs> in the words of Florida Evans, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> that jab. Real. It was so real, and then we saw that Rock'em Sock'em, and I just hated to see the champ. The I combination just, that he threw the, to get oh, into the Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, my God. Because it looked like he's been waiting for that opportunity to hold fight. Body, head, body, uppercut. uppercut. And he just flew over like somebody took out a 12-gauge. Oh, my God. And you know what? I just felt I've so bad it for him. a hundred times. Yeah, I, I just... I mean, I, I I love the Klitschko's, yeah. But just to watch him roll around the ring like that and getting beat like that was terrible. I, if it was you, dude, I would have threw in a towel. I know it. And his brother, afterwards. although I don't know if you would piss me off that night, I'd be like, <laughs> "Let him go, <laughs> run him back, get up, you towel. baby, help me, you're good." It's <laughs> <laughs> messed up. Yeah. So, so when you look at it afterwards. To me, the most beautiful thing, one of the most beautiful things in the world happened, and I feel like this because I have brothers. From the moment that Vladimir Klitschko gets knocked out, you know, they get him up, he gets back over to the stool. I don't know if Vitaly took his hand off of his shoulder. He literally was touching him like almost the next like 10, 15 minutes through the speeches and everything. He just had his hand on his shoulder. That was his big brother. He just had his <laughs> hand on his shoulder, and he looked so mad. He's like, I should have never stopped fighting. <laughs> he looked so bad. He looked like he wanted to fight so bad. Probably did. You know how the juice is flowing. Oh, my like, God. Oh, Are you, you crazy? Him? Is I, just beating my brother? Are I you kidding get me? get in there. Both of us are getting him. <laughs> Let's get him. And you'd have to get Both of them would need to get him because this kid is a stud. And the other thing is we're going to play a clip. Uh, at, at one point, we got a call we want to cut to. This kid has learned so much in this fight. Right now, he just learned so much. He just got a complete college course he got boxing. a graduate degree oh, yeah. he, he got, got a master's, got in, master's. In, in, in the sweet science and and klitschko did so much for him by putting him on his back he sure did he taught him he might have made him an all-time great by knocking him down in the in a yes sixth. we'll see how the kid reacts after this because for me this tyson fury talk is mad uh, it's, it's, a lit it's literal madness tyson fury isn't psychologically fit to fight as per his doctor right it, so it, let alone for that and yeah. even if he does fight Man, Tyson Fury can't thump with this. He, I don't believe he could thump with Klitschko on with Klitschko was focused. I don't believe he can thump with his brother, and his brother haven't fought in years. Yeah, and let alone, it really, a guy like Deontay Wilder would really give a Tyson Fury a really bad day, right? Because he would go in with no respect, right? And go in and get this thing and over put with. Him, put him on his back. Because when you see a big guy that doesn't have any thump, eh, it's not, you know, it's, those, not, it's not natural. It's not natural <laughs> because it's like the it's like the giant pitcher that doesn't have a fastball, right? Let's cut to our caller real quick. Ellie Sack back, live on the line, on the Ozone. Hey, hey, Ellie. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm, I'm still excited. hyped up by this weekend. I mean, I, I saw some posts of yours. You caught a lot of wreck on your on your, uh, on your your page from, from, from talking about Klitschko versus Fury versus Klitschko versus Joshua. I heard a lot of people clapping the, the wrong way at you. I know you wear that so well. But tell me, how did you personally feel about the fight this weekend? Oh, amazing. Good for boxing. Huge. Huge for the sport. Huge for the sport. Um, and the fight, actually, which leads me to the fight this weekend of Canelo Chavez is, is two back-to-back -back major events. First of all, it was an exciting fight because if Joshua would have destroyed Klitschko, we would have said Klitschko's finished. Absolutely. If Klitschko destroyed... Yeah, Klitschko destroyed Joshua. We say, oh, he wasn't ready. He's hyped up. So it was so close. It's always good to see fighters go at it. I mean, and they fought. Yeah, and they fought. And they boxed, though. That's the thing. There was It wasn't just a slugfest because there was jabs being thrown and ultimately combinations ruled the day. I felt like... 
Vladimir just didn't have that that final gear, and I felt like that was an age-related thing. Yeah, and I feel like he is finished. In the, in I think the, he is, and he yeah. should be yeah, finished. He should be finished. He has nothing else you to have prove. Nothing to prove. You were the champ He's been forever, a great champ. and you've been a great champ. And you're a just class a, act a, too. a class act. I mean, that speech that he gave afterwards. I we need more classy guys in boxing. I really believe that. Really, really believe yeah. that. So. Yeah, it's- it's one of those things where, look, for Klitschko, you can see in his eyes that he was shocked. He was upset, but he kept it classy. He, wasn't he was, he was shocked that he lost. He really believed that right. he, you know what I mean? It's the kind of thing where you think he might have bet on himself. <laughs> he may have. <laughs> his response. Now, you, I talked to you before the fight, and, you know, you brought up the fact that, that uh, Joshua had been in his camp for sparring and so on and so forth. I saw some videos afterwards of the fellas in the post-fight. It was pretty impressive. Uh but I, I wanted to get your take potentially on where do you think it goes from here? Because I think, just like you said, that was a great event for boxing. The heavyweights are the glamour division because the big boys can get the fight over with one punch. Unlike the little guys who, you know, no matter how hard you hit, it takes a long time to get guys out of there. Um, now we got the big fight coming up this weekend with with Chavez uh, versus Canelo. And what do you think happens now with the course of heavyweights? I mean, I personally don't think Tyson Fury comes back anytime soon. I think Deontay Wilder goes and he beats up on Joseph Parker, but I don't actually think we see Joshua Wilder until 18. I feel like Klitschko's going to exercise that Remax clause, which I hope someone talks him out of. Oh, I hope he doesn't do that. I think I think you're very accurate. I think Wilder will try to... This is the thing. When you're the champion, you have one or two or three tune-up fights or voluntary defenses. So if Joshua goes and fights three other fighters. He could fight Gerald Washington. He could fight um, B.Y. Jennings. Yep. These American guys who have fought up there. He King Kong Ortiz. The US. Yeah, King Kong. Well, that's a very dangerous fight, but yes, he can do that. I think he'd uh, beat King the Kong crap out of Ortiz. Yeah, I do too. Ortiz, he, he takes too long to get yeah. bums out of there. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> too long. Yeah, that, that's true, but <laughs> he's still very, very dangerous. Now, Wilder, he wants to fight Parker. Parker has a fight with Brazovan. He's a fighter from Romania. He's actually a sparring partner because Tyson Fury's brother um, fights fell through, so he just needs a body. So Parker will fight Joshua, and then, um, sorry, sorry. Parker will fight Parker Wilder. Will fight I know Wilder. Yeah, and, and, and Wilder builds up his hype, and then Joshua builds up his thing, and this is what Wilder told me. Me and Joshua can make Floyd-like money, and I agree with him. I agree with him, yeah. too. This, this big money we're talking about. In the big division, the heavyweight. In the big division. Yeah, so, so why rush it? Because for both of them, it's a win-win situation. They just have to keep winning and winning convincingly. And this fight becomes 150,000 fans, not 90,000. It's, it's and, become and a stadium. Yeah, but I feel yeah, like that's why you would rush it, because when you deal with the big boys, people get knocked out. Somebody could get yeah. put to sleep. And then you mess up yeah. all the money. That's true, but, but you also want to take a risk because you're going in for, like, you're going in for the whole... You know the the whole piggy bank. You don't want to just get fractions because they're making money. They're making one million, two million, three, five million, but they could fight for twenty five, fifty, seventy five, a hundred million if the yeah. fight gets that big. And right now, maybe too early, but yes, I think they will fight in twenty eighteen. One year from now, perfect. One year from now, perfect. This was good for the heavyweight division because as we know, the heavyweight division has been hurting. That's the only division in boxing that no one was interested in. You could, the that, guys, that the guys boxing. look like me. The guys won't get in shape. <laughs> What's going on out here? They're paying you to get in shape. The guys won't get and in they shape. They won't do it. Don't, but we, exactly. we saw who did it this weekend. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. These boys. And they look great. Are you crazy? And that's Murder is serious about his conditioning yeah. as well. Deontay Wilder is serious about being in shape. Yeah, but he looked terrible his last fight. I didn't like him struggling against that no, bomb. But, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about how he looked physically. Yeah, he did look good physically. But, 
here's what's interesting about this this fight this weekend. It's to me it's the biggest fight this year. Yes, two Mexican guys fighting, but they both have insane following. Insane Everyone following. knows Chavez Senior, so they know Chavez Junior. They love him, whether for him or for his dad. Canelo, Golden Boy has done a phenomenal. Oscar De has done a great job in building him into a pay per view superstar. Very few pay per view superstars in the world today. Canelo is one of them. Right. If the fight ends very close and one guy loses close, like close decision, there's a rematch automatic. And the rematch will be bigger than this one. Someone gets knocked out ugly early, it doesn't matter which, I don't think they'll do a rematch. I think they'll go in a different direction. Right. But it's so intriguing because I don't know who's going to win. I, you know what? It's, a, it's, it's amazing you say that because this is the same thing my brother's been saying for months now. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? We got pride on the line. We got the Mexican flag on the line. And we have Chavez Sr. riding his son. Now, you've been in both camps. Bless us with some sort of exclusive. Did you Have you spoken to Chavez? Have you spoken to Canelo? Tell me something that before it hits ES News, before it hits the, the wire, brother. Tell me, Ellie. Okay. For Chavez, this is personal. All the other fights, he did it because he's a boxing head. He loves boxing and he likes to fight. But now it's business. Now it's for him because he wanted to fight Canelo for seven years. Oh, wow. And there's animosity between the two of them because they're both sharing the same shine. They're both in the same country in a, where the sport is huge. And they have there's always a competitive where who do you like, this guy or that guy? It's always been like that. You have to pick one. Right, you, you can't you like, like them both. Either Michael Jackson or Prince. You right. can't like both. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick... What the, you, you know, like when they have those rivalry, like, you know, Biggie or Tupac. Right. We can like both of them now, but in the moment, people like to Right, you had to take sides. Like. got to take sides. Now, Canelo's very motivated. He's excited. He doesn't have to lose that weight. Um, it's a good opportunity for him because if he wins, he establishes himself as the king of Mexico. Chavez, if he wins, he redeems himself. He makes himself relevant. He beat the guy that that box rec right now has number one pound for pound king. If you look on box rec, Canelo's rated number one in the world. So it elevates him from every aspect. It's like a redemption for every bad thing he ever did in his life. A good yes. win makes everything bad go away. So being in the camp with Chavez, he's been when they went on on the tour um, cross country, with they started in Mexico, then L.A., New York. Actually, it was New York then L.A. Chavez was training nonstop, which most fighters on the road, they say, okay, I'll start training camp next week. When they stopped in L.A., I was with him at the gym. So he's, he's been taking it very seriously. He hasn't missed a beat. Um, How's his weight look? He looks, he looks skinny, but he usually walks around 190, 200, so right now he's five pounds away. So if, if he, he lost it the right way, he didn't lose it in one day, which sometimes people do, and they shoot up 30 pounds, and that's when you look like a mummy. When you can't mm-hmm. move, so he lost it the right way. Gradually, let his body adapt. Obviously, he's going to. They both going to shoot up on fight night. They'll each weigh one eighty five, one, you know, around there, one eighty. Um, Canelo, he's he's ready. He's motivated. So it's very interesting to see how is he going to play. What kind of fight will we see? Will we see two guys boxing? Will we see a brawl? Will we see a hug fest? I don't know. Think you want to see a little Next bit of a brawl? I, I don't think Chavez is interested in boxing. No, I think Chavez is interested in mixing it up and making it dirty and getting it. And and I think it's I think it's just what Ellie said. I think it's personal. I think that uh, I think it's personal for Canelo because he has something to prove to his countrymen. But also, he has his eye on Canelo's not slow, man. He has his eye on everybody talking about Gennady. Everybody talks about Triple G, and by and large, at this point, everybody is saying that he's scared to fight Triple G. So he needs a convincing win against Chavez. I just hope that he's not overlooking the fact that the guy he's fighting is actually bigger than him. Yeah, I, I'm taking Chavez. Wow. 
Chavez has a great chin. Great chin. And he's, he could box. He just, he just ch- chose in the past when to step it up, which, it, look, sometimes the most talented athletes, they take it for given, and they don't, they don't try as hard. But this time he's trying. Yeah. Um, Canelo's done a phenomenal job until this point. He's every test he's had except Mayweather, and you can't blame him because he was twenty years old, yeah, and no one's beating Mayweather. It doesn't matter if they're old or young. Not at that but, point. Yeah, but not, well, well, tickets, tickets are selling for twenty thousand, and that's huge for wow. Like, what did he say? He said tickets yeah. are selling for twenty thousand wow. for this fight. Wow. I'm not surprised though. You know that you got the pride on the line. Just Come the on, pride. Now. This is it. And not only that though, will Canelo cut down on those long punches? And I'm, the plotting. They said yeah, he's been the, working on his footwork yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's a plotter, and, and I don't think that but Chavez I don't think, is going to let him slide. I don't think that that matters because Chavez is a plotter. So I don't think but, in this but fight— But in that case, i got to go with the bigger guy. That's a good point. But in this fight, I don't think you get exposed for that like you would against a more athletic fighter. And so, Ellie, last uh, wrap-up. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you calling in. Um, with the, the landscape of what it is now, does this make the spectacle— of the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight fade from the public interest because if we get another good fight this weekend, boxing itself is back in my opinion. The Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. I'm just saying. I don't. I'm, this is what I'm asking him. Mm-hmm. Well, Conor McGregor Mayweather are two very popular names, very big names, and you put them in one sentence, you're going to get everybody's attention. Mm. So it's great hype for both fighters to keep them relevant. More so McGregor than Mayweather, because right. Mayweather's still a promoter, and he has so many other things, and he's a pop culture icon. McGregor's been around really only three years. I really have never heard about him before, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's been around longer. But to me, it's only been the last three years where he kind of got our attention. And he's not fighting now for 10 months, so he needs, he needs this hype. But I do think that fight is fading away every week, every month, that we're not hearing I about agree. anything going on. I agree. It's kind of like... And, 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 and the clock is ticking. You, he's not yeah, a young man, exactly. so it's you know what I mean. First, they talked about June, then they talked about September, but now we're going to talk about when are we going to see Joshua next? When are we going to see the winner of absolutely Chavez fight? Triple, when are we going to see Keith Thurman? We got this other fight right. coming up with Kovalev and Ward. Right. We got another fight coming up with Earl Spence and Kell Brook. Yeah. These are big fights that are going on. Now, don't forget May twentieth, Javante Tank Davis. It, the, all, all of these these fights I don't think Tank is up with the last people that we as far as uh, popularity wise yet but he has superstar potential Tank no I'm telling you this kid Javonta Davis he went from 80,000 followers to 350 wow and the followers are legit people yeah. like Drake and Meek Mill like the whole hip hop culture follow him and comment and like him yeah they fool so with him so he's one yeah he's one or two fights away from really like Exploding. he's only 21 no, no, yeah, he's, no, 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 everybody. That's why I just said the superstar potential is there. Yep. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it's McGregor and Mayweather. I haven't heard about it except two weeks ago. Someone from May- McGregor's team said, "Yeah, negotiation going in the right direction." I but couldn't care less. Like you, know, you don't even need to yeah. finish the sentence. I couldn't care less. I'd rather see Tank beat up on uh, Vasil Lomachenko personally. But <laughs> Ellie, thank you so much for calling in. You are an expert, and you always have access. Just really appreciate it. Tell the people where they can find you. You can follow me on uh, YouTube at ES News, one word ES News, and of course on Twitter at Secback. Uh, just Google ES News and you'll find everything. But thanks for watching. Can't get away from I'm you. really mm. proud of the podcast. It's going leaps and bounds and bigger and better things coming. Hey, man. Thank you, brother. We'll talk you. to you soon. Are All you right going now. to the fight this All weekend? Right, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. Well, I shouldn't say I'm leaving tomorrow. So I'm going to break into my house. But <laughs> <laughs> I will be at the fight. 
Now you got to leave on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Damn it, I just said it. Now you got to leave on Thursday. Hey, man, just sit this one out. Ellie. All right, sounds good. Reporting. Late. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, great great feedback and insight from Ellie. It leads yeah. us into our next fight, but I just want to talk a little bit more about this heavyweight match. I just can't get enough of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I can't believe it. And I wanted to play something that Anthony Joshua, I saw in an interview that Anthony Joshua said after the fight. What I learned, I had 44 rounds of boxing as a professional before that fight. And now I feel like I've had 144 rounds of boxing because what I took from that fight is rounds upon rounds of experience. And then I can move forward now and onto bigger and better things. He's picked Come on, man. That's the real right there. That kid is sharp. Yeah. Yeah, he got, and he took big punches. I mean, Klitschko <laughs> laid some hammers on him. He laid some hammers on him that put a, a lot lesser guys out. Not down, About but out. 64 of them. Yeah. I mean, these are like major, major bombs that they dropped in this fight. Anytime you see the heavyweights dropping bombs like this, man, this is punishment. Hey, man, this is punishment. And he even said it. You can see he's got a shiner. He's he's pretty beat up himself. And he said, but one thing he said in that interview. Uh, he's proud of his shiner, too. I he, seen he, that's what like, he said. Hey, let's he said. <laughs> he said. Uh, he said. He said. You know, uh, other than the black eye, you know, my other than the swollen eye, I feel pretty good inside. You know, and that's what he was talking about. His internal organs bouncing back. You know, I think this is the upside of the guys only fighting maybe two times a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I can understand that with the heavyweights, no doubt about it. You know, but uh, Klitschko didn't do a lot of body work. He he stuck with his jab. He popped it. He popped his jab, which looked great, and then he went to work the way that he went. Oh, to work. It, was, it, was, it was classic. It was a clinic tactician. It was until the Rock'em Sock'em showed up. He just didn't have enough. Really, I I just thank both of these fellas for a great fight. Right, and just. I mean, I'm tempted to play the post-fight interview, the speech, because both of them were so classy, these guys. Yeah. I just, I it really sure couldn't worked. believe how, but just how much of a class act awesome. in comparison to the buffoonery that we see usually yeah, after a fight. Yeah. You win the fight and you're still talking crazy to people. You just won, dude. What are you, you doing? You won. What else do you need, man? You did it. You now won you, the fight. Now you want to emasculate me. Yeah, now you talk about taking somebody's woman and all this kind of yeah. ridiculous stuff. No, that's not what the sport is Throwing about. Throwing money around and everything yeah, else. Yeah, this sport you is know. about what's happening inside of this squared circle. Yeah. yeah. And when the he gets science. you. This, it's, it's It's a beautiful thing when done properly. And I just. And it I was commend, done properly this weekend. It sure was. Showtime, and I commend, kudos. Yeah. They did a great job with that, man. That was, oh man. Showtime and HBO. That was a joint production. That's oh, was what it? was. Yeah, this is what's so beautiful about this is yeah, that, I know that it's a joint production. And ultimately, the networks, the camps, everybody work together to give the fans what we want. And we've got to give the people. Wow. Give them what they want. And that's what it is. They gave us what we wanted. And I'm buzzing. Then the crazy thing is, is they gave it to us on a subscription tip. They didn't, we, that wasn't even pay-per-view. Right. I would have paid for that fight. Everybody should pay for that fight. Come on, man. It was good money. It's good money. So now, really, the pressure is on Chavez and uh, and Canelo. I don't think you're going to be let down because we haven't had a bad fight really this year, have we? No, there's been some great fights this year, from DeGale and uh, and Badu Jack mm-hmm. to Thurman and Garcia to uh, this one this last weekend, Triple G. Just forget about it. Triple G and Danny Jacobs, the Chocolatito mm-hmm. and the Thai homie Rizvaisgu, mm-hmm. uh, Riz Damn, I hate not being able to say people's names. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of great stuff on the horizon for boxing, and I'm just I'm happy that we're covering it now. It inspires me to want to get out to more matches, and uh, it just just good work, fellas. Really, really good work. You know what else is good work? What? 
to $65 you'll spend to join the 5-4 Club. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that for $65 a month, you can get a personally stylized and tailored wardrobe delivered to your home? Yes, folks. Go to 54club.com, use promo code OMAR, and you will see the fruits of your labor manifest as a beautiful wardrobe for summer, spring, winter, and fall. 5-4 Club, life and style. Oh, man. Now we got to talk about the bad stuff. Which is? The Clippers. Mortimer? <laughs> the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers. Oh, my goodness. What's bad about it? We already established this early in the season, what you were about to get. I mean, you know, I just didn't want to believe. I know you didn't. I've been telling you that. It's just, you know. I thought they'd get out of this round without Blake Griffin. I really thought that that was going to help them. If they don't dismantle this team. And and they're talking stupid about about resigning everybody. I know, but either Doc has to go or some of these players have to go. They said J.J. Redick is probably gone. But either Doc has to go or they have to break this down. They need to break it down. Oh, hey, get uh. him. Bring it down. Hey, oh, get him. Get him. And, but see, this is the thing is, I don't know if J.J. Reddick is the key to this no, problem. No, J.J. Reddick is not the problem. J.J. Reddick is not the reason that you Obviously, keep blowing leads. Five years in a row, chemistry blown is the problem. Le- chemistry is the problem. I can't even front and fake it anymore. Thank even you. if I wanted to. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I said it before. You know, I agreed before when watching the games. But uh, this is this situation now, not only do you lose, you get blown out at home in a game seven. Blown out. I mean, that game wasn't even close for the Crazy most part. Suited. They, they did. They put it on them. You know, but. They were going to be sacrificial lambs for Golden State anyways. Because yeah. they've, they've shown that already that they aren't mentally prepared to deal right. with Golden State. But you're but, not even mentally prepared to deal with the Utah Jazz. Utah is real, though. Yeah, but, they but got the all problem, the elements. That team is not a team. They're a team just in name. I agree. But they, something is wrong. Something's not clicking. And either you're going to have to – something has to go. Uh, and it's up Something to, has to change. And it and – it, and, and it No, something has, like, somebody or something has to go. And Ballmer yeah. has to make that big decision now on who's going to leave or who's going to do what. Right. Not, not Doc Rivers, the president of operations, but Ballmer, the owner. Right. And it's going the wrong way. And I don't know – uh, man, I, and you know what? You feel like it's almost like they have too much loyalty to the squad. And I understand. You know, I get it. They've assembled a team that on paper looks incredible. But it doesn't execute what you need to do. You can't charge what they charge to be a Clippers fan at the Staples Center and not get out of the first round. Every year. <laughs> Every year. Or then you tease. You, you wanted to tease, you would go down to the Spearman <laughs> Rhino. Then you, tease. You, you, you tease by going up 3-1 and trying to get to the conference championship and then you fall apart there. This is amazing. Five years in a row, they've been up in the series and they fall apart. 2-0, 2 3-0, 3-1. Could we consider that a classic clipper? <laughs> I think that we can call it. I, you know what the bad part is? Is I don't think that that's like a revelation. It's We'd like to believe that they had turned the corner. You know what I mean? As far as the Clippers being from L.A., the Clippers were always the little brother to the Lakers. And they were always considered to be losers. But now it seemed like they got Chris Paul. They got this young kid, Blake Griffin. It's exciting. Lob City. Oh, they got Deontay Jordan. They got J.J. Redick. He's a lights-out shooter. Austin Rivers shows up out of nowhere, and he can really go. Bob Mute can ball. He just doesn't get to play enough. You got Then you get Mo Buckets. You're like, oh, okay, they got it together. I never bought in. I know you didn't. We could run the tape back. You yeah. never brought in. Never I, you, brought in. You're, you're, you are Debbie Downer. 
I was an optimistic uh, fan, and you decided to take the reality TV approach. I did. I went to the alternative space. <laughs> you went snackable, and it was mm-hmm. uh, and it was tough, man. It's really unfortunate that they're gone. But now, what do you think about the remaining teams? I think that the 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 most interesting series. In the in the West or the East? I think in all of the, the dance, I think mm-hmm. the most interesting series is this Rockets versus San Antonio series. Yeah. I really don't I really don't think so, only because I don't think that there's any high drama building because the Spurs are gonna beat the Rockets. James Harden is not gonna run amok, and if he does run amok, it'll just be him who's running amok. Let's see what the caller has to say about it. What's up, Ozone? Next victim, live on the Ozone. What up, homeboy? Man, we, we're over here. We just talked about that Rock'em Sock'em robot. Uh, it was devastating. I'm still buzzing by the fight, but what I want to talk to you about is basketball. Now, the Clippers are talking about re-signing everybody, which to us makes no logic because obviously they have a chemistry problem. What, what's your take on the Clippers, and what's your take on the what remains in the playoffs now? Because there's a couple interesting series out there. Man, Clippers got me hot. They, they got your weight, right? Whole team need to get, their whole team needs to get heart transplants because you're not supposed <laughs> to get blown out. You're not supposed to get blown out in those seven-game series on, on the, in the seventh game. So they nasty. If they want to resign them, then it's going to be the same outcome. They're going to be out in the first round because all these teams are getting younger, getting better, and the Clippers just they just don't have it. They don't have it. They put too much pressure on Blake Griffin. They put I mean, I'm sorry on um, CP3. Put a lot they of pressure on CP3. Effort on DeAndre Jordan, which CP3 is used to playing with dudes that want to do the pick and roll and, and lob, but it's, it's it's the recipe of disaster. It doesn't work in the playoffs. It doesn't work. DeAndre Jordan can't make free throws. You're making Eddie Mill tickets. I mean, damn, you got to be able to make some free throws. You're shooting the worst free throw percentage in the league. Now, it's funny because oh, me personally, man. I come on, man, I hear you. The problem I got is I actually am – he's the person I'm least mad at is DeAndre Jordan. And I feel like when he's included in the offense more and not just out there running sprints to, to rebound broke jumpers is when they play the best. The team has to do something different. I believe in Austin Rivers. Actually, if I go over the roster, I think I believe in everybody on an individual level. The chemistry isn't there. No. And they got to do something. They got to trade somebody. I don't know if it's Griffin straight up for Paul George. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't I don't know who it is. Yeah, but you're talking about, at that point, four or five superstars. How many pieces do you need? They have a dominant big three. man. They I, need three. Each team usually go with two or three. Yeah. They have three. You need three. Well, they have two. You need three all-stars. Who don't they have? You need three potential all-stars on the Chris team. Paul. Not necessarily superstars, but all-stars. That, this, is, this goes back yeah. to the age-old debate with him calling everybody a superstar, but I you agree. You have Chris Paul, you have Absolutely. Blake Griffin, and you have DeAndre and Jordan. You don't have three superstars? Three. DeAndre Jordan's not a superstar. Oh Well, he averages a double-double and a dominant double-double. Right, superstars are guys like Steph Curry, LeBron James. De- these are superstars. De- I'm not De- DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan's a star. There's no doubt about it. And He's if an he all star, he is an all star. I agree. But a superstar is a whole nother yeah, but thing. You, how many all stars do you need on the team? I agree. Listen, I'm not. I'm not you fighting you on to, that. You guys trying to jump jump ship with the Clippers now? I told you, next victim. Long time ago, quit sinking your emotions into a team like that. Now you're paying the price. You're right. You did. You absolutely <laughs> did. But that is. What's your point? You did it. Okay, now what? They're nasty. <laughs> yeah. Just want to hear you say They're it. Nasty. Just want to hear you it's say like, it. 
you you get rid of Blake Griffin, you get rid of uh, uh, Jamal Crawford. You need people with some toughness. All these dudes is just. They suck. They ain't got no heart. Now, see, I'm not mad at Molly. He just, I think Jamal's just, hey, he's at the end of his career. He right. just looks really, really young. Right. But Jamal is giving you Plays great work first. for somebody. Yeah, yeah for bench. somebody 30, 36, 37? 36, 37? Yeah. I believe that you start with getting rid of Doc Rivers and Chris Paul, and you get rid of them. You think you get rid of Chris Paul? Yeah, and you let Austin Rivers take over, and then you bring in a couple other people, let Austin Rivers develop. So you want to no. build around Blake, DeAndre, and Austin Rivers? Yeah, because you're talking about starting out young. That Austin Rivers is young. And and Chris no. Paul, Chris Paul no. can go to a situation like maybe Chicago or something like that, where he can actually no. play with a couple of guys. No, you don't. What what do you see? No, that's nasty. You keep Chris Paul. The you bring somebody like PG thirteen to fill in. He's tough. <laughs> PG thirteen. He, he, he's inside. He's outside. That, that he's got crazy heart. The ball is not going to stick, and he's young enough to go. Blake Griffin is not young enough. If you got a Blake Griffin, the toughest dude on that team is CP3 and, and, and Mo Space. Mo Space didn't get enough burn this series, unfortunately, because Utah was just running up and down the court hella fast. Yeah. What's his name couldn't get enough touches in? Uh, J.J. Reddick, because the defense was too good. So now with DeAndre Jordan, who gets no plays run for him, the defense is just is guarding four. Come on, man. But Chris Paul and, and nobody could, nobody could guard ISO Joe for some apparent reason. I Old ISO Joe is still giving work. It's unbelievable. He's, he's always giving work. work. And he's not gonna I stop. Started, I would have started Paul Pierce against ISO Joe. I would have had him play a lot more. Think about it. They played together before. I taught the truth has given ISO Joe plenty of business when he was in the Eastern Conference. But so the truth don't. Ice, you put Paul Pierce on him. He doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, the, Paul Pierce Wait, needed to retire. Paul, Paul Pierce needs to retire. He doesn't have it anymore. He can't give you that many minutes. You know, and you're talking. To, I'm talking about when you talk about getting uh, rid of Chris Paul. I'm talking about getting younger, and because Chris Paul is 31 right now, and Austin Rivers is a lot younger than he is, and so you you're talking about starting fresh because obviously what they're doing right now is not working. So either and you, you complete the Clippers and the Lakers and talking about starting over. The Clippers have no. Old. I said Austin Rivers. I, I said Austin Rivers you and get rid of CP3. Can't get rid of it. So you rather go with no with no all stars on the team? Only one. I just said get rid of Chris Paul. I didn't say Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan. And you know where I disagree is is I personally feel like you work with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. I think that and because that. yeah, because I don't know, I don't know if Blake got hurt, like if he never recovered from the injury, or if he's just not like a a guy that wants to. If it's the city, you know, with the pressure or something like that. Thing is, is that it's a, it's such an interesting, you know, I'm torn about it because when you look at Blake's numbers, Blake's numbers are legit. Real. I mean, his real. numbers are really give me like 26 and 12 or something like that. He's giving you real numbers, but the. Uh, they, they just don't work in this configuration. So I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens in free agency to see what and where, you know, people land. Right. Well, I, I really believe but, but that. But something's got to happen, obviously. Something has to happen where Blake needs to either get more in shape, he needs to stop flopping his body into people. Um, I think that the injury that he had was more severe than what they what they released. Now, are you um, talking about this toe injury or are you talking about previous the injuries? The toe. 
you can get your foot, you can get your toe, give me the shot, give me the juice, Doc. I need some juice. You got football players that's running 100 yards up and down the field, and they get that cortisone shot, and they're ready to go for 60 minutes. So yeah. when... Yeah. Okay, but, but but that's a different situation. When you talk about football players, they got padding and wrap and everything that they put on their feet. They ain't got and no padding, no wrapping on that big toe. They 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 wrap the whole cleat in tape. But you can't do that on the basketball court. Why? <laughs> because he has to. They tape the bottom of their cleat as well. They have to. He he has to run. He has to be able to spring off of that thing. So. I, so I feel like his injury was real. I don't think that he bowed out. I just don't feel like every year everybody's giving them an excuse because one of them gets hurt. Well, every other team has the potential to get hurt. We saw that happen to Kyrie. I mean, come on. I mean, we saw it happen to Kevin Love. It's just a part of the game. The thing of it is that even if Blake Griffin played, they weren't going to win. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've yes, <laughs> he, he could have been out there five years now. I can't roll with you, Tim. Five years. Next victim. I can't roll with you. I have to go with. I have to go with the icons on this one. Even with that, they they whatever they lost that first game with no Rudy Gobert with their whole team exactly. except for Austin Rivers. I mean, the injuries are a part of the game. Yes. And not that, you know, I want to believe in the Clippers, but for some reason, this iteration of them just doesn't work. Now, what I wonder is, is DeAndre Jordan happy that he stayed, or does he wish that he would have just stayed in Texas and, you know, with his family right. and made it happen like he originally started to? What do you think I about think that? I think he's happy he stayed, you know, unfortunately, like you, you, you bums mentioned that, you know, <laughs> injuries do happen. But, you know, he got the, he got the, the playoff experience, he got the contract. Hey, he got the LA commercials and the lifestyle. He sure does. So that that okay. usually makes a guy happy. Now, now give me this. Yeah. What do you see happening in the San Antonio Houston series? I'm really intrigued by the series. Terry seems to think that it's a foregone conclusion that San Antonio beats Houston. I, I thought about this this morning, and I I don't know. I don't either. I, I want to say I want to say Houston, but I don't believe in their coach. Um, and I believe in Pop, and I believe in the best player in the game as of right now, today, K.Y. Leonard. K.Y. Leonard is. All right, you guys are, are all narcotics. <laughs> Kawhi is nice, but he's not better than LeBron James. I said of, as of right now, I believe that he is because, and I explained this to some, some, some nasty fools today, <laughs> when LeBron decides he has to turn it on, he turns it on. When LeBron shoots a jumper, it's like, ah, why did he shoot that? When Kawhi shoots that jumper, you're like, oh, that's good. Well, that's Kawhi an interesting take. Kawhi, I don't know if that's the, the way to justify thinking he's the best <laughs> player in the game by how they feel when they shoot a jumper. But that's for, for, for me, Kawhi Leonard is as good as anybody, including LeBron James. And I, it, it's almost impossible to say somebody is better than LeBron James because of what you just said. The idea that LeBron can turn it on at any given point and he has figured out the game so thoroughly that he knows when to turn it on and when not to turn it on. Now, in real life, I think LeBron has a lot more help than Kawhi Leonard does. Uh, and, and what Kawhi Leonard is doing down there is 
incredible down in he San Antonio. He plays both sides of the ball. This, I mean, uh, for, but, but this is why I don't understand why people think that Houston's going to have a chance because we've sat courtside and watched you. They, Nene plays defense. Everybody else is suspect. But that's the difference is that this year they have Nene. And then that, that but changes. Have, that changes. You have Gasol. You have Aldridge. You know who else plays different defense? And Kawhi. Trevor Ariza. Don't discount Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza Trevor is on the other side of his career, though. No, I mean, right. well, this is nice. why they play the game. And I don't know why you were shaking your head when you said that Kawhi has less help than LeBron. You think that the San Antonio Spurs supporting staff is better than the Cleveland Cavaliers? No, it's not. No. But, it's just but, that, still, but still, don't act like LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul no, Gasol are not anybody. No, no, no. No chance. Now, Paul Gasol is on the other side of his career. And you're probably going to have two Hall of Famers as well playing in that in that game. You will. And, and, Tony, and Tony Parker and Manuel Ginobili. Yeah, exactly. But they're definitely on the other side of the career. If you look at those three guys, you look at Gasol, uh, um, Gasol, Ginobili, Parker. and Parker, those guys are literally two years away from retirement, maybe. You can give him one. Maybe even one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Max, too. So it's not like we're talking about the same guys that ran off those five championships with Kobe and Shaq. Right. You know, but either way it goes, I'm not, that's that's not even the debate that I'm that I'm even interested in. I'm just interested to see, to me, this version of a D'Antoni squad has the best chance of actually making some noise out of any D'Antoni squad that I've ever seen. I think there would be a better competition for the Gold State Warriors. I agree. But I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Spurs because they're going to get in half-court set. They're going to stop all that. But are they going to get in the half-court set? This is the they part that's they won't a trick. They won't have a they, choice. They continue no. to run off 115 points a night, 120 points a night. I don't believe that the best coach in NBA history is going to let James Harden and them run, run amok like that. And if, it, if he does, it'll be James Harden scoring all the points and everybody else being obsolete. Otherwise, you're going to watch the Spurs, even if they go to Game Seven, beat the beat the the Rockets, unless Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. So you got Greg Popovich. No, he's not going to happen. I got Kawhi Leonard's almost indestructible. He's like LeBron. I got Greg Popovich. That's the best coach in NBA history. Wow. Yeah. I. You know who I. Who know who's who I have as the best coach? Is Pat Riley. I can't front on Pat Riley. And even though I loved, you can't front on, really, if you just look at the numbers, you can't front on Red Auerbach <laughs> because Red Auerbach has about 130 championships right. with the Celtics. <laughs> but of the of the people that I got to watch. Of this Pop, modern era. Yeah, yeah, Pop is like, forget about it. What, gotta, having Pop beat Shaq and Kobe in their prime is amazing. Yeah. People really underestimate right. what that is. Yeah. You beat Shaq and Kobe in their prime a couple times. Right. And, and the Lakers had... Teams with superstars, right? Like multiple superstars. And he was, figured it out. Then he figured it out. That's unbelievable. With teams that weren't necessarily like stacked, stacked. Exactly. With a small, undersized point guard from France <laughs> and a dude from Argentina, right. right? And a lefty from Argentina, <laughs> and he gave it to him. And and the greatest power forward of all time. So it's like you had one dude, you know, but the other guys were not necessarily a lock like that. Exactly. That's, that's impressive. Wow, that's that's why I got to roll with Pop also on on in in the series. Just over at the best of all time of coaching because he oh wow he had the best, but you know when did he have the best though? I don't I don't I don't think he had the best. He he knows how what Doc Rivers is not doing is what he's done. If if he had right. that same talent that Doc Rivers had, a hundred percent, he would rip I off I don't know how many wins and if how he, many rings. If he coached that Clippers team, I, that's a great point. If Greg Popovich coached that Clipper team, I wonder what it would look like. Discipline. He's the he's the Belichick of basketball, man. He's the Belichick. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, you guys are dropping science here. Dropping he's the science. He makes it. He makes it, the organization believes he gets the people that he wants, even if they shouldn't 
we may think that they shouldn't even be a part of the Spurs. Yep. But when they get on that court, they play the right way. And it's a and it's and a character profile thing right. because you and then you see the guys they get rid of versus the guys they keep. You get rid of George Hill, but you keep a Patty Mills. Right. You know, the only one that I've ever been questionable about that he that did he made the swap on was uh, was your man it was Green because after Green celebrated with the Heat in my in South oh, Beach yeah. after they lost Danny to him, Green. I, Danny Green, I never forgave him for that. And that was I couldn't believe that he did that. Yeah, but was but he did win a championship the next year. If you think about it, if you go all the way back, you know they lose to Sean Elliott, then they pick somebody up just like that. Yep. They lose to Tim yep. Duncan, they pick somebody up just like that. They lose to David Robinson. They groom somebody just like that. So they, he he has the foundation that continues to go, and it's working. And he that's why he's in the second round of the finals. I mean, of the the playoffs. Sure is, and that's why he'll probably be in the conference finals. To be honest, and he and will. I, I, I tell you, so. the other the other series I think is interesting. I actually think the Wizards can come back and beat the Celtics. I believe that. I think the Wizards can beat the Celtics. I think that the. Uh, and I think that the the matchup that's most dangerous for the Cavs is actually the Wizards and not the Celtics. I really don't think any one of those teams is going to be able to beat them. I mean, the guy's been to six straight finals. <laughs> right. it's, hard, it's really hard to argue that LeBron James is going to the finals. That's like <laughs> right. it's almost like they shouldn't even make him play. Right? <laughs> just, just let him they, go, man. They shouldn't even risk the four fingers. <laughs> they should just give him. They should just give him four fingers and give him a free pass to first yeah. base. Just give it to him. Just like in baseball. Just walk him. Just walk him. Go ahead and put him in the finals. <laughs> just, put him, just put him in the finals because I don't want to take a chance of him getting hurt or nothing silly exactly. like that. And I want to see him match up against whoever comes out of the West. Exactly. Well, next victim, I'm appreciate gonna... your time. You got any parting words for us? Who do you got this weekend in Chavez uh, Canelo? Oh, I got to go with Chavez, man. Wow. This is, this is uh, I think, three for three going with Chavez. Yeah. I don't know if Ellie gave a prediction or no, not. No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Wow, Chavez. Chavez. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping his mind is right, which it looks like it. Um, I think, I want to say Canelo, hopefully he'll overtrain. And <laughs> Chavez <laughs> just go in there and just put that wild, under control at times fight on him. I wow. really hope so. I think it's time for Canelo. I think he he's really good. We but we all know that. But I think this is that one fight that he didn't that really want. Fight. It's a, it could be he a trap really fight. Want. Could be a it's, it's a hello what's up hello. Could be that <laughs> trap queen. <laughs> you never know. All right, next victim. Thanks for calling into the Ozone. You are always welcome, my brother. Have yourself a great uh great evening. Late. Ozone out. I'm out. Great input there. Was for the next victim. Uh, he's passionate. Wow. He's passionate. And, I mean, this pop situation is very interesting. Very, very interesting. Whew, we got so much to cover. Just want to cover this next segment quick. We have uh, one of our favorites calling in about that, too. We got Trucker Dave on the line. Trucker Dave calling in. Hey, Big O, how's it going? Welcome home, family. What up? How you feeling? Uh, pretty, pretty good. I'm still breathing. There it is. Waking up on the right side of the dirt is always a good look. <laughs> it's always a good look. So we've been covering all kind of stuff. Uh, man, we're deep into the show. We're talking about the uh, the state of boxing right now. Had a tremendous heavyweight fight this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. It was, it, oh man, it was like a, it was like one of the old fights we used to watch. It was great. Um, and we're talking about basketball. You know, I, I personally feel like they got to bust up this Clippers team because they're just, they're underachieving. Got to be some sort of chemistry problem that's not working. Um, and, and basically penciling LeBron James in for the finals once again. But what we wanted to talk to you about is what took place 
out in Philadelphia this weekend and figuring out what happened with the NFL draft and how do you think that's going to impact this season in the NFL? I mean, the NFL is a year-round uh, coverage nowadays, and I just I saw some footage of people at the draft going absolutely nuts. The draft is like a prom now. I don't. It's like yeah, it's, the, it's like its own Super Bowl, right? And the draft is just like a marriage for all the all of all of the men. You know, it's just like an <laughs> annual event. You know, like all of the men, like a little kid in the candy store. They just love the draft. Everybody's smiling and taking pictures. <laughs> Booing Drew Pierce and everything, anything you can think of. So, so it's like you said, it's like a it's like a man crush Monday for everybody <laughs> in the NFL. And uh, you know, I'm reading a lot of stuff about your favorite squad, the Patriots. I'm reading a lot of great stuff about what it is that Bill Belichick proven he was a uh, uh, he's the smartest man in the room again. What do you think about in general the draft? What do you think about Joe Mixon going when he went? Because to me, that's its own saga in itself. It has, seems to have a lot to do with uh, – I, I just want to get your take on it, and then I'll go with mine. But, yeah, what do you think about the draft and who did what? You seem to be really high on Tampa. What did, what, what did, what's your take? Well, I really like what Tampa Bay did. You know, they surrounded Jameis Winston with a lot of young talent because you got to look at it this from an offensive point of view. you got Mike Evans, who's a beast. Pick up Deshaun uh, Jackson, who's like a – Four three guy, and then you go get OJ Howard. So who are you going to double? I only worry about Tampa Bay. I just worry about you know like solid running back. I think if they would have gone with a guy like Dalvin Cook, um, that would have been a better choice as you know like as far as a solid running back. Um, but I really like what Tampa Bay did. I like what Carolina did. I like how they added a uh, how they added McCaffrey for Cam, and they got him another receiver. I really like how the management the ownership got behind Cam Newton and you know we're going to give him some weapons and now let's see everybody you know improved I really like watching all of the highlights from all of these players you've never even heard of before you know the guys that never even went to some of these big schools and just watching the draft the draft is so exciting it's just going to be like I really think what they should start doing is the winner of the Super Bowl should get to host the draft um, oh wow that's I, a really cool a idea, idea. Yeah, I, I really I would I would like that. But as far as Joe Mixon, he's extremely talented. But what you find out about society is, on certain things, society doesn't forgive you. I don't really think society ever really forgave Michael Vick. And wow. uh, the, and the thing about Joe Mixon, you never even really see his face. You just see him running around in his uniform. But when you see him like talk at a press conference or something like that, um. You, see, you get to see his face, and I think that can kind of backfire on you because people could look at you now and they could associate the player with his face and say, okay, we automatically don't like this guy. It, you know, it, it's amazing how some things you get a, a second chance on and some things you don't. I have uh, I remember reading a couple quotes from Pete Rose who said the same thing uh, when it came to his gambling in baseball. He said a couple things I thought were interesting. One, he said, I never bet the Reds to lose. He said, and uh, secondly that you know what, when it comes to this Hall of Fame and me being affiliated with the game, I guess I just picked the wrong vice. You know, I knew a lot of guys that beat up on their wives. I knew a lot of guys that were drug addicts and so on and so forth. And uh, and I decided to to go into gambling as my vice. And and it, it, it's unforgivable. And it, it's interesting that you bring that up. That's a really, it's a really interesting point. Well, you know what, and it's just like, you always hear people say, oh, life isn't fair. But then I started to think about it. 
And I started to think like, well, whoever said that life had to be fair? Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a, that's like a full-blown assumption. That's just an, <laughs> that's know, just an assumption. Yeah. It's your own question. You know, but um, it's, a, it's a lot of um, interesting players. Um, I thought uh, Cincinnati did reach at number nine, taking Ross. Ross just made an interesting comment. He just said that uh, he would like to race Usain Bolt, and he said that he could wow. beat him in the 40-yard dash. Wow. Wow, that is a bold statement. And I tell you what, Usain Bolt, the thing that's so beautiful about him is his makeup time because his his like forty right. to a hundred time, right. not his one, not his zero right. to forty right. time. That's really smart of that yeah. kid. And you know what? We know his well, reps. He, I think we can get him on the show. I actually, I know his. Uh, I know his well, reps. Get, really. get him on there. Yeah, yeah. And I know you his know, he's, he's basing that on sports science. He said that sports science says that his feet hit the ground faster than Usain Bolt. How so, tall is he? He's not that tall. That's the difference. I think about Bolt, my height. Yeah, Bolt makes up the difference in height as well. He's six four. Well, he's six, six five. five, and the thing is, is that, but that's that also those he's long galloping. gallops. Yeah, he's you, galloping, but it takes him a while to build up that speed, like a horse. Yeah, as opposed to a kid that's that's quick. You know what I mean? Right. Ross is quick. It's not not that he's not fast as right. well, but he's quick. But Bolt is fast. Bolt is like yeah, but he's he got, he's out got fast. even strides. Yes, even strides from the start, and which Bolt means that if you like want to race for a hundred yards, you got problems on your hands. But I think Bolt can oh, do yeah. whatever he needs to do. I agree. I have no reason to bet against Usain Bolt. Not even a quote old Usain Bolt. Yeah. I've yeah, never seen Usain anybody Bolt. faster than Usain Bolt move yeah. in general. No. Especially no, on you, a big you, stage. You right. Turn on the lights. No. Not, <laughs> turn no, turn on the lights and see what time it is. And, and, and I will walk you. I'll turn in reverse. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's great, you, though. Yeah, and you see at the end of his career, he doesn't really seem like he's that interested, but he's still faster than everybody else. Just like he, he used to get off to a, a slow start, but he was he he had good makeup speed, but he never had um, like someone that could coach him. I always used to tell him about his strides, you know, getting his hands straight up and just having even strides. But John Ross, um, or is it? I think his name is David Ross. No, it's John Ross, Ross. has oh John, John Ross, Ross has third even yeah strides from the start all the way through the finish. So you got you got the Bears taking uh, Trubisky, which seems to signal a full divorce from Jay Cutler. You got that, but the Bears are just a dumpster fire because, like, okay, you got San Francisco sitting at uh, San Francisco was, I think, at you know they traded up to get Trubisky, and they didn't have to. They knew San Francisco wasn't taking a quarterback. You signed Mike Glennon already to three years, forty-five million. And then you have, like, a third-round pick, so he has to play pretty soon. So what are you doing giving away picks when you have problems in your secretary, your uh, secondary? you got problems all over your team, and it just shows you the teams that aren't really good are still the teams that make bad decisions outside of <laughs> I like what Cleveland did. That's standing character. I like what Cleveland did. It shows you why, you know, if you're gonna, it shows you why they're not really good, basically. Right. If you're going to um, – if you're gonna, you know, if you think this guy's a suspect, like they were going back and forth between, um, you know, between Miles and they were going from Miles to Trubisky. Okay, since we we're not sure on Trubisky, let's just build up our defense. Let's just, you know, we get this uh, defensive end, and then we get a, then we get this safety, and then they just keep on, you know, building. Pretty soon, if you keep working on your defense, hey, look at the Ravens at '99. I they think did, that's what the Browns are going for. Together. Yeah, and yeah I, they, I, they got Miles Garrett. I think you're absolutely right, and and Hugh Jackson can coach over there. He just needs to get in a good position yeah. to coach. So you pick up this kid Jabril Peppers, you pick up Miles Garrett. Now you're sitting in a position where your defense is starting to shape up, and maybe you don't have to worry about your offense so much. 
You have a youth movement. Yeah. Hugh Jackson has shown that when he has talent, he can win. I always go back to that season that he had with the Raiders, where he yeah. had the Raiders. What was it, six and two or seven they and two? And then, uh, and then the, the injury bug hit them. And next thing you know, they shipped him out. In my opinion, prematurely as a Raider fan, because he had, you know, he was he was really doing it with uh, bubble gum and and duct tape. And now it's going to be interesting right. to see because I would say another year, maybe two years. Or depending on, I mean, if if RG three can give him anything this year, you know, they might actually be able to make some noise. They just got to shake that think, stigma. No, I think they already, uh, you know, cut ties with RG three, but you got Brock Osweiler over there. If oh yeah, they picked up Osweiler. Osweiler. Yeah, if you hold on to him, say for a year, if you can't trade him now, and then you got to remember Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, going to be, you know, he should be a free agent. Um, there's a couple of other quarterbacks coming up in next year's draft. That's why I like what San Francisco did because well, you don't, yeah, if you don't San get Francisco a quarterback you like. Yeah, don't don't go don't make a bad decision. Don't force don't the issue on decision. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You know. To say the winners in the draft, you never really you know until a couple of years down the road. But I really like Solomon Thomas of uh, San Francisco picking up a guy like Solomon Thomas, solid guy. And solid I dude. like the linebacker they pick up in uh, Alabama. All of these young guys, man, they're so fast and they seem like they're so much stronger than the guys before. And it's, you know, the futures with these young guys, man, somebody's going to become a star. Somebody's going to become a star. And in that, I really have to think that Cleveland did a really good job. <laughs> Not to go back yeah. to him. But you look at it, you got Osweiler. And if you get the Osweiler that played in that last game of the season, if you can coach that guy to play that game that he played against the Patriots, because I maintain that it wasn't his fault that they lost against the Patriots. They actually, they that was a much closer game than the final score would indicate. Guys drop passes of his, touchdown passes, and so on and so forth. And you went and you got this kid uh, from Miami, from the U, uh, this David Njoku kid. You got some defense. You know, you can shake that stigma. And you already learned that Cleveland can be a championship town. They were a couple. They were three outs away from being a championship town yeah. in uh, for, for two times last year. Right. Believe it or not. So you, you never know. Well, never man. Know. I just I think you're right. I think it's it's kind of hard, and this is why I don't put too much emphasis pre-draft. People love it. I don't mm-hmm. love it that much because one, I'd rather actually see what the guys, what the teams do, as opposed to speculating on what they might do. Now we've seen what they done, what they've done, and it's exactly what you say. Somebody's going to be a star, and a bunch of guys. I would say upwards of sixty to seventy percent of the guys are actually won't even still be in the league after you know a year from now when we have this conversation. It's true. Yeah, that's just absolutely how it goes. It's going to be like, it's going to be some, who's going to be this year's Dak Prescott is the question. There you, you know, go. Who, who, who's, who's going to do that? Who is willing to take their talent and to work extra to who wants it that bad? That's what you're going to see. It's probably going to be a no-name guy, never even heard of. There it is. And it's probably, if history repeats itself, it'll be a no-name guy that a great coach scouted out and found. Right, and they're going to be like, man, he found him in the late round. Hey, but, <laughs> and, you know, you, you, never, you, you never know. And now you know, he's the Super Bowl you know, MVP, or right, now he's in, you know, right. he led the league in sacks, it, so blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's how it goes in, in sports, man. Who wants it? Just like that young kid that just beat Klitschko. I mean, he man, it. this that young guy, it. man, he wanted it, man. And he, he got off the it. mat. He earned it. Yeah, you he know earned what? it. He earned but, it. Yeah, but let me go back to the Clippers, man. I mean, I watched the Clippers yesterday, and – 
They just, even coming down the floor, they just look slow. They just look they, uninteresting. They don't they want it. Don't, you, you need a they special. They don't want it. You, the trucker Dave, you need a special kind of player that can play in New York City, that can play in a you wonderful don't. city like Los Angeles. You have too many options as a young, wealthy person to distract you from what it is that makes you wealthy. Right. That if you don't have the discipline right. and the desire, like a Kobe Bryant, or like a Shaquille O'Neal, or like a Derek Jeter, like a handful of guys that we look at that say, damn, that dude wants it. That stay, they just stay in the gym. Like a Patrick Ewing even, right. I'll say. Yeah. You need to have guys, even like a Dwayne Wade. You need guys who love what they do so much that the trappings of success don't stop them from being successful. And I don't think right. that the L.A. Clippers have that team because something is happening to stop those guys from gelling and making winning more of a priority than how great it is that they live off the court. I totally agree with you. And you know what that comes from? It comes from inside. If you don't have that inside of you, that's something that nobody can give you. You I have to about have that, that drive. Though. Because look you at what the coaches can inside. do. Look at what the coaches can do yeah, for guys. But, you know, certain coaches can make guys, they can inspire guys to want to to wanna be great. I mean, I understand what yeah, you're saying. But, a guy like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, listen, you need at least one of those guys on your team, and those guys are self-motivated. No one has to tell them. They Those are the kids that get keys to the gym from the coach. Right. Those, those and are, look at it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that, that's all I was going to say. Those those guys are the guys that are the gym rats, the field rats, whatever you want to call it. Those guys are at work. And, yeah, to go back to your point, before you close it out, look at how disgusted Larry Bird was and Paul George. Larry Bird <laughs> just had just, to quit. He just had to resign. <laughs> he was like, these guys, he he I can't even. I can't, I can't disgusted I can't, on his face. He's like, I can't he even. Can't I can't with losing. these kids. I can't accept it. <laughs> Larry, I saw him. I saw him in the back riding the, the exercise bike to try to loosen up his back to maybe go out there and shoot some jumpers. Man, I thought he was about to have a heart attack, man. He just can't take somebody losing. That's what winners are. Winners can't accept losing. That's what, it's simple. They just can't accept it, and most of the Nor time that they. means that they can't coach. Yeah, which is very <laughs> they interesting. Can't coach, man, it's really interesting. We could talk all day about it. It's amazing, man. It's really amazing. It's amazing, Trucker Dave. Appreciate your insight. Where in this great country are you now? I'm in Laredo, Texas. <laughs> yeah! <Yahoo! laughs> At least you can grab a big steak. Everything bigger in Texas. You can grab a big steak. Yeah, but, man. More importantly, wow. you can grab some cheap gas. Right. Because we're dealing with oh, some yeah. very expensive gas in the state of California. Trucker Dave, want to yeah. say thanks for calling in. Appreciate your insight. And uh, we'll wrap with you soon. All right. You guys take care. Uh -huh, you too. Be safe. Trucker Dave. With some it's insight. just keep coming. They just keep coming on the Ozone. And now... Oh, man, I wish I had myself a nice, light gorilla life to quench my thirst. Ooh, I really revitalize do. the system. That's what it is. I've been traveling. I'm a little ran down. I could use uh, some chlorophyll, some water, some agave, also known as gorilla life. Go over to gorillalife.com, folks. Find where you can buy yourself a case of gorilla life. It really is life in a bottle. It oxygenates your blood. It helps to fight off obesity cancers, diabetes, everything that's wrong with you. This stuff can help make it right. You just got to follow the plan. Gorilla life. Life in a bottle. So, um, what in the hell is going on with the New York Mets system? <laughs> injuries. <laughs> and more injuries. And more injuries. I mean, this is... And it's not just... This isn't just the pitchers. No, it's a walking mash unit. They have a problem, it seems like, in their, orga <laughs> in their organization um, with 
with health. I mean, with their with their medical team. What's going on? Now we say Noah Syndergaard has a partial lat tear, uh, which they they can't say yes or no that it was precipitated by his bicep injury that he had before, which he you know he said that he didn't want to do an MRI. I don't understand how he got the option of saying no. I'm, I don't want an MRI when they're paying you so much money to play or he has the potential to make so much money. I don't know why he wouldn't look out for his arm. Well, this is the thing. I actually do know why to a certain degree. I mean, I don't know why he didn't get the MRI and I didn't know that was the case, but I, I can understand why a guy like Thor, the guy said, this is why I'm not pitching in the World Baseball Classic. After I win a World Series championship, then we can talk about ancillary playing. Right. This guy is serious about his game. Uh-huh. And he's mean on the mound. He is mean. And he's a big guy. And, and he's not interested in anything except for bringing it on the mound for the New York Mets. And that's with injury or whatever. And he probably thought, ah, you know what? This will, It'll go away. I'll just work through it. And it ended up being a bigger problem. But what would MRI hurt? I guess it's time. He's got, he's, he's got thunderbolts to throw out. <laughs> he doesn't have time to play around and get an MRI. But now we've got, I mean, you're talking about the walking wounded. You got Lucas Duda, Yoenis Cespedes. I think Neil Walker's hurt. Yeah. You have uh, Stephen Matz. Stephen Matz. David Wright, who I personally feel like should probably retire. Um, and now you're talking about you add Syndergaard to that. Our homeboy, the uh, the Dark Knight, hasn't been looking like himself. No. Zach Wheeler's just back, and he his ball isn't moving like it's supposed to. Somebody's got to go. We need to do a change over there because... All these injuries seem like they could have been prevented. They, they seem like they're preventable. I know that everybody says that you can get hurt by throwing a baseball at any time, but this is just too many for one squad. But I'm. But this is what I'm saying. This is offense and defense. Yeah. This isn't just from throwing yeah, the this ball. This is just too many from one squad. I mean, so what is it that do they incorporate yoga? What What's their seriously? Yeah. What What's they going on? They gave up 23 runs yesterday. Anthony Rendon hit three bombs. He put in a month's worth of work in one day. Right. It's too much. It's terrible. I don't know what's going on in that organization. Could someone from the Mets call us and let us know? I, maybe, but the <laughs> thing that's a trip is, is that this happens consistently. If you remember, there was a rash of uh, of injuries with the. I do believe it was with the Yankees a couple years ago mm-hmm. with pitchers. It seems like different organizations, depending on their coaching, their strength and conditioning regimens, precipitate certain injuries that seem to pull up. Right, and somebody's got to make a change. Cespedes gets hurt quite often, though. Every year, right? He either has a hammy problem or a quad problem or something like that. I wonder what that is because it seems like he puts his body under a lot of torque because uh-huh. he's a such a muscular guy. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And I just when he plays, you can't. He's just, there's no doubt about his, you know, his, right. his contribution. And the Mets look really, really good for the first three weeks of the season, two or three, you know, weeks of the season. And now, and now they're the walking wound. Who knows? I mean, this thing with Thor, I'd be amazed if this thing doesn't take him out for at least a year. That's what I was saying. I a partially that. torn lap? That's serious business, man. It looked, The injury looked terrible. The injury looked really, really bad. And Baltimore's starting to fizzle a little bit because Jack Britton isn't there. I mean, I'm seeing them lose games that they're winning into the late innings. But I think Jack Britton is coming game. back this week. Yeah, he should be. He's only on the 10-day DL. Yeah, I think he's coming back on Tuesday. But how about them New York Yankees? They're looking real. With no Gary Sanchez. I mean, Gary Sanchez is nice, but when you got Judge... You know, hitting bombs like that. What does he have, 11 now? 10 or 11? Man, he's doing it. Do you know they say that kid weighs 280 pounds? I'm not surprised. He looks like a man-child. He looks like a man-child. But will he be able to make the adjustments once the league makes adjustments to him? 
And this is what it is that we need to figure out with Eric Thames. This is yeah. what we need to figure out with well, a lot of think, guys that are hot right now. Well, I don't. I think with Eric Thames, I think that he's been around long enough that he'll know how to make the adjustments. And you can see him making adjustments as they, you know, as the season progressed past this month because guys are starting to approach him different. You right. know, he hits lefties better than he hits righties. So that's a big plus. But the younger guys, they, they don't understand yet because they haven't had a book written on them. When you figure out the flaw or the character or the hole, then they're going to try to exploit it, just like Thames. But it looks like he might have a better handle on it because he played in Korea for a little while. Give the people one sleeper on your fantasy right now that they can they can go add that maybe hasn't been added to the league, uh, that to a bunch of leagues, because there's a lot of surprises out there. I mean, you called it early about Colorado being real, about Arizona being real. Now, wow, you see this Shelby Miller, by the way, is it down now they're talking about. No, yeah, he, he needs Tommy John. talking about he needs Tommy John. Yeah, and Didn't ta- he already have Tommy John? You know what? I think he had it in the past. Yeah, I think he had it early in his career. Yeah. Um, you're talking about a player. I'm talking about a player. It doesn't matter whether it's a pitcher or a, or a player. They're talking about letting Archie Bradley come into the rotation. That'll be big. Really? Mm-hmm. Archie Bradley, because he's looking good as a reliever, and it seems like a lot of guys learn a little bit more about hitters when they When they have relieve. to close. Uh-huh, when, when they, they relieve. relieve, yeah. Uh-huh. And and it looks like he he's finally figuring it out because he throws almost 100 miles an hour, and he didn't master the fastball because what you have to do is to dominate, use your fastball to dominate either one side of the plate or the up and the down, and he's right. starting to figure it out. Right. Things seemed to go downhill for him when he got hit in the head with that line drive. Yeah. And I'm happy that he's bounced back from that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. Well, baseball season, we're all in it now. What are the Dodgers going to do? They're going to get it together. I feel like we don't even need to talk about the Giants. The Giants are just falling apart. Yeah, well, the Giants, the Dodgers are going to take the Giants' place now because the Giants, since they've fallen apart, although it's a big game tonight because it's Clayton Kershaw versus Johnny Cueto. But, I mean, the Giants, Madison Bumgarner hurt the squad. He hurt the team. I mean, come on, dude. He hurt the team this time. Bad. Mad Bum. (laughs) Mad Bum. Bum. Come on, man. You hurt the squad. But Colorado is real. Colorado, you know, even though Trevor's story is not hidden, what they do have is they, they have a bullpen and they have a back end on their bullpen, which is a problem. You know who my pick is, and a lot of people may have him, but I think more people don't, is the big fella down in Miami. It's Justin Bohr. Oh, yeah, Justin Bohr. He's starting to swing it now. I actually took in a game this weekend down at the stadium. Oh, you got in there? Yeah, and I watched Did Yvonne. Did you see Don? Yeah, I didn't get to see him. But I, I watched Yvonne Nova shut down, uh, shut down the Marlins. And um, Dan Straley actually didn't look bad. But uh, but he's but, been looking really good. This yeah, year. yeah. But that kid Justin Bohr, man, over the next couple of years, he's going to develop into a guy that hits thirty bombs a year at least. Well, you know what Don's doing with him? Don is uh, letting him go against lefties now, which is big. That gives you confidence. It sure does. And I mean, you, you go your whole life playing against guys that throw from both sides of the plate. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you get into you get into pros, and they say, "Oh, well, you know what? You can only hit against righties now." And then that has to play on you. That mentally. has to play on you because what you're saying is that I'm not good. I'm enough. not good enough. That's I'm what not you're good saying. Enough. And then what you see, what's even worse is, is like when you watch guys who sit out. Yeah. You see a lot of guys like Carlos Gonzalez sit out when they play Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. And that's just him. And, oh, it's a day off. Come on, man. <laughs> and he's supposed to be like the cream of the crop. Yeah. Go get carved like everybody else. Yeah. Or Come how on, about Carter. you actually just go show him what time it is. Exactly. And you give him the Conforto. Give him, give him the Ted Williams. Ted Williams feel like I'm on offense. Exactly. <laughs> I am actually, I'm the one with the bat. Yeah, I'm the one with the bat. <laughs> I'm the one with the bat. Well, Pictures fear me. Anything else you want to cover? It's been a long edition oh, of the Ozone. It's been a crazy edition. I think that we've got enough in this time, and I'll let them give the people a little bit more to want. I don't even understand what you just said. But no. I'm going to leave you <laughs> with a quote, <laughs> and it is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it is that common sense is genius dressed in its working clothes. That's what I got for you, folks. I am Omar Miller, your host. I'm here with my brother, Terry. You can find him at Icons, E-Y-E-C-O-N-Z. 
This is the Ozone. Ozone. Here's a chance to dance our way Out of our constriction Call the beat freaking up and down The hang-up alleyway With a groove I only got We shall all be moved Ready or not, 